This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. All right. A lot of good things happening at church. How many are excited to be here on a Wednesday night? All right. Wednesdays are always good, and that's not because we're here, but, but that's because God is here. Amen. And so... Wherever God is at, anything and everything is possible. We're so glad and thankful to the Lord that you're here tonight uh, on a Wednesday night. It's a blessing to have you. If you're new in the house, we welcome you. This is your first time. You're a first-time guest. Thank you for coming. We appreciate you for being here tonight. We're going to take a few minutes, and we're going to pick up our offering and our tithing. So if you want to get that ready, behind me there will be a screen that will show the different ways that you can give. Uh, The Bible talks about giving in in many different ways. And a lot of people... uh, believe that, hey, I don't need to tithe, or I don't need to give offering, or I don't think I want to give offering, or I don't want to give tithing. But tithing is an interesting thing, because it's only 10% of 100%, right? What's 10% of 100? 10. So if you have a dollar, you'd give 10 cents. Is my math correct there? Right? And it's interesting that God doesn't request the 90% from us. He just wants to know that you trust him with the 10%. And what the awesome thing about that 10% is that he fulfills his promise in taking care of the 90, and not only taking care of it, but making sure it lasts and making sure it multiplies, not only for you, but for your family and for future generations. So tonight, we encourage you to give unto the Lord. Give your tithe, give your offering unto the Lord. Let's give as we know to give. How many are thankful to be part of the giving family here at Faith Church, amen? We're thankful for that. So behind me are the ways you can give. Whether you wanna give in person, you can give on your way out there, uh, or you can also give online, or text to give. So that's always a good option as well. But let's pray for the giving tonight, amen? Father, we come before you. We thank you for the giving of your people, Lord. They give of their time, their effort, but they also give of their finances, God. And we know that you're faithful to your promises in your word. And we know, God, that you are faithful to complete the promises in your word. And when you say that you will multiply according to your riches and your glory, we believe that you will multiply according to your riches and to your glory. And so tonight we ask that you would multiply every ounce of money, every ounce of energy, and, and every penny, every dollar, every, everything that is sown, God, that you would multiply it according to your riches and to your glory, and that we would see fruit for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's clap unto the Lord. Amen. Let's clap unto the Lord. All right. And we're going to continue with our series tonight, but before we do that, I got a few announcements for you. Tonight is Panda Spirit Night, Panda Express Spirit Night. Everyone knows that that is my favorite night because I love Panda Express. When it comes up in the staff meeting, they're like, Pastor Solomon, guess what Wednesday it is? And I'm like, ooh, it's Panda Express night, let's go. Uh, So what you can do is you can go to Panda Express on 82nd in Milwaukee. We normally do it at a different one. So 82nd in Milwaukee, you can go. You can let them know that you're from Faith Church, and they'll be happy to donate some of those funds to our our events that are going on. So please join us in, in... on 82nd in Milwaukee if you want to support the church in that. Also, we have our XO Marriage Night coming up. It op- doors open at 6.30. The event starts at 7. If you still need to register, you can register right outside on the computer out here. We would love to have you. Of course, child care is not provided, but we have a snack for you. Uh, there's, there's some pretty good snacks, by the way. They look good. From what they were showing me, I was like, oof, can I have two? And they're like, no, you can't even have one. I'm like, dang. All right, I see how it is. But if you're married or you're considering getting married, you're engaged, you're dating to be married, whatever it is, we want you to come. It's great to hear our pastors speak on that and also hear stories from other couples. Uh, Also, August 22nd is our partnership class. So if you want to get involved here at the church, here at Faith Church, 
we do ask that you go through partnership. And uh, that class is on August 22nd, and you can sign up online. And also, one more time, just a reminder, if you have your kids in the classes, please exit through the, the back doors of the church, of the sanctuary, and line up in the hallway to pick up your children. Amen? All right. You guys ready to get into the Word tonight? All right. Look at your neighbor and say, let's go to work. Let's go to work tonight. All right. Praise God. I'm going to try to stay on time tonight. And how many enjoy the worship tonight? What a, what a wonderful presence of the Lord. Amen. In this house. Amen. Also, we welcome our online audience that are with us, joining us via online. Let's bow our heads so we can pray for the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is already anointed. We ask, Lord God, that you would anoint my lips of clay and that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Tonight, there's not a single area of our hearts that is off access to you tonight, Father. You have all full access to our hearts tonight, God. Father, help me to be quick, help me to be accurate, and give me clarity of thought tonight. We thank you for what you're going to do in this house. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we've been on this series, Thrive, and we've been talking about different types of health and being healthy spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically, financially. And the last week we talked about being mentally healthy or mental health, right? Um, and Pastor Amanda, she spoke and she talked about birds. Anybody remember the bird scene where she was afraid of birds for the whole week or the whole month? All she could think about was birds because she lost her focus. And she talked about three things. She talked about staying focused on your purpose in God. She talked about playing to your strengths and also setting boundaries. Those were the three practical applications that she gave us to help us with mental health. And I'll be transparent with you tonight, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, I've, I've been blessed to mentor and, and teach others how to preach, or not how to preach, but uh, how to interpret the Bible from things like the law of first mentions, the law of relatable dimensions, you know, uh, eschatology, numerology, Christology, theology, all of the ologies that there are. And I've been blessed to teach those things to other people. But one of the things that I tell everyone that wants to preach the gospel, I tell them two things before I even teach them the technical stuff. I always tell them, number one, study to live, not to preach. Study to live, not to preach. Number two, I tell them, preach what you're already practicing. Sometimes as preachers, even I've done it before, I preach something that I'm not practicing, and then people expect me to live that, and I'm like, oh, man. I actually have to, <laughs> to live out what I'm saying. And especially in my earlier, younger days, I'm not that old, so don't get ahead of yourself, right? When I was young, I wanted to preach the house down, and I wanted to say all these things, and then I wasn't even living that way. So preach what you're already practicing. So what I'm going to show you, what I'm going to share with you tonight, a lot of this is stuff that I've gone through me personally as well. And I'm sharing to you from, and you see I carry my journal with me, and I'm actually sharing a couple of things from my journal that I that I feel will help you tonight when it comes to mental health. And I'll tell you why. Mental health is one of the most stigmatized uh, topics in the church. No one wants to talk about mental health. In fact, there are many churches that don't talk about mental health. Uh, you'll say, oh, we gotta talk about mental health. Ooh, no, we don't wanna talk about that, right? We don't wanna talk about depression, anxiety, uh, low self-esteem, because those are things that we don't wanna publicize. When, when someone gets injured, if you break your arm, or something, that's an easy thing to be. You, you can come into church with the cast, broke my arm, bro, right? 
you're all happy because you broke your arm. If you're young, I guess, you're happy because you broke your arm. But if you're old like me, you don't want to break the arms, uh, right? I tell my wife all the time, don't break my hands because I need them to play the piano. It's kind of what I do, right? And so uh, you're, you, these other injuries, these physical injuries, we can see them all around. Somebody broke their arm. You know that they broke their arm. They broke their leg. But you can hardly ever tell when someone's depressed or is suffering from anxiety, or you can hardly tell when they don't want to get out of bed. No one posts a picture on Facebook saying, man, I really didn't want to get out of bed this morning. I have no purpose to live. Because it's a very sensitive topic. It's a very sensitive issue. And a lot of people are not open about these issues and these topics. But we all face them every single day. And there's people in the Bible that even faced these type of issues. When I, was, when I was young, about 16, I got into the ministry when I was 16 or 17 years old. That's when I started uh, traveling and preaching the gospel. And when I got into ministry at that young age, I was on fire for God. I was just like a little fireball. Everywhere I went, I was like, we're going to save this city. We're going to save this church. I get, get to the church to preach the revival or the conference, and there was like two people in the seats. But I was like, I don't care. We're going to save those two people. I was on fire for God. And as time went on, as time went on, I, I came from a very uh, traditional organization. It's called Pentecostal Holiness, where they have certain things that they believe uh, that my, my own belief system began to change in regards to those customs and, and traditions. And they're not bad customs, and they're not bad traditions. They're not salvation issues either. And so I began to change my own heart towards those issues because of my understanding of the Scripture began to change. Uh, when, when, you're, when you first understand Scripture, you take anything they give you, but as you begin to study for yourself, and that's one thing I love about our pastor. He always says, study it for yourself. Look for yourself, right? That's one thing. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. If you ever go to a church and somebody starts talking bad about the pastor and they say, well, I don't agree with what your pastor is saying, and the church members say, don't you talk about my pastor like that, you better be careful with the church that you're at because they might be idolizing the pastor. In this church, if somebody says, well, I don't agree with what the pastor is saying, our pastor will say, well, come talk to me after church. We'll open the Bible. We'll see. There's a difference there, okay? And so when I was a young man, I was just on fire for God. But as time went on, I began to get heavily persecuted, even in my own church. Because there's, there's times people in church won't like you. Hello? <laughs> y'all looking at me like, some of y'all don't even like me tonight. I'm just kidding. Praise God. So, sometimes people don't like you in church. Sometimes not everyone's your friend, right? And, and that's what happened. And, and, and as I was going through this, this stage in my life, mentally I started to have small breakdowns. And I didn't even know this. I was preaching the gospel, but I was having these things. And I said, man, I really need a break from this ministry thing. At the age of 21, 22, I said, man, I really need a break. But because I came from that old school where it was like, hey, if you take a sabbatical, you don't deserve to be in the ministry. If you can't handle the fire in the kitchen, then you better get out. That's the school that I came from. If I were to say, hey, man, I'm feeling sad and depressed, oosh, you have a spirit. We don't want to talk to you. <laughs> it, so, so mental health has always been stigmatized in a negative connotation. But I thank God that we're challenging our church and we're challenging this church to say, hey, we're going to open up and we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about these things like depression and anxiety and, and hurts and pains. We're going to talk about all these things that you can't see. Why? Because there is a God that can heal those issues in your life. Just like the song says, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. 
okay? And so I come to tell you tonight that if you're struggling with mental health and these things, we're going to talk about how to get over those things. But, but I want to let you know that don't feel like you have to hide those things, like, like you're going to be stigmatized. Man, we have, we have a loving church where you say, man, pastor, where you tell your neighbor, man, I'm feeling depressed. They're not going to be like, ooh, get away from me. Let, me. let me get the pastor to come lay hands on you. And they're going to say, what's wrong? How can we help you? How can we serve you? How can we assist you? How can we help you? How can we pray with you? What can we do for you? Because that's what the church is all about. All right? Okay, watch this. And I know y'all seen me like, oh, I don't know about people in the Bible. I don't think they suffered from mental health. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 38, and this is not in the scriptures in the back, but he said when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before his death, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Now, if you didn't know that that was Jesus, what would you say about that person? They must be depressed. They must be on the verge of, of taking their own life. Man, if somebody would post that on Facebook, you'd see a list of 50 comments, 100 comments. Call me right away. Call me right away. What's wrong? What's wrong? You haven't talked to the person in four years. Call me right away. I got you, dog. I got you, man. We, 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 home, we tight. Right? You see that all? But this is what Jesus, my soul is so sorrowful. It's to the point of death. And this is Jesus, the king of glory, the one who would be resurrected. He knew he was going to raise from the dead, but, but yet he still had this sorrow in his soul. Because he was human. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're human. We're human. We go through these things. We suffer, we suffer from mental issues, from, from things that attack our mind. Now watch this. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. But look at what Ephesians chapter 6, 17 and 18 says, and it's combined in, this, in the Passion Version. It says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Woo. Like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And then it says the word and, which is a conjunction. And take the mighty razor sharp swift or spirit sword of the spoken word of God. One thing we must understand is that our battle in life, wherever we go, is not against flesh and blood. It's not against one another. Our battle is a spiritual battle. In fact, the spiritual world is actually more real and there's more happening in the spiritual world than there is the natural world. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to freak you out tonight and go all crazy like that, but I'm going to speak to you the way it is. Because right now, there is a battle between heaven and earth for your soul. That's why it's sometimes hard to come to church and obstacles come up. How many know that obstacles come up when you're trying to come to church, right? The kids are whiny. The dinner's not ready. You're not, you haven't taken a shower. You just got out of work. I got out of work late. All those things are not a coincidence. All those things are not a coincidence. There is a battle. There is a battle where the enemy does not want you to come into the house of God, praise God, be delivered, hear the word of God, and go about your week. He does not want that for your life. For the Bible says that it's the, the enemy's job is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came that we might have what? Life. 
and, more, and life more abundantly. He doesn't want you to have life. He doesn't want me to have life. In fact, the devil wants you dead before you can respond to the call of God. But I thank God that you made it tonight. Because for, and, and, and I know we don't go about, we, we're not about numbers here, right, Pastor? We don't worry. We don't say, oh, man, shh. No, we don't worry. But you know what? For every seat that is filled in this house, that's one big in-your-face Satan to the enemy. That's right. So there is a battle that is raging and it's warring right now. But watch, Ephesians chapter 6 and 17 and 18 says, Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to, pro to protect your thoughts. Everybody say your thoughts. From lies and the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Now watch this. The helmet and the sword are presented together here because they are connected. Our thoughts are mainly formed from information that we receive. When you receive information, you then process it by your own reasoning. You therefore form a thought, right? When we were, when there was a new president, president elected in the United States, there was a lot of information that came out. Some of it was good, some of it was bad, and there was a lot of thoughts formed. Believe me, they came out on Facebook. We all know who you voted for. Just kidding, praise God. But you form thoughts based on information that you receive. So if I receive information about something, then my reasoning tells me how I feel or how I should think about it, therefore forming a thought. That's why when we receive bad information, like for example, when a close friend or, or a brother or a sister, they pass away, that is information we receive and then we have a thought about that. In other words, our thoughts are basically information wrapped in our imagination how we think something is. Because just because you think something, it doesn't mean that it's like that, right? It's like when you're hearing somebody speak on a telephone in the car and they're not on speakerphone. And you hear one part of the conversation, but you don't hear the other part. And you'll be like, man, that's a, I wonder what they're saying. I wonder what the other person is saying. Because we, we can't hear that. And so it's hard for us to then make a determination on what's actually happening in that conversation. Now watch this. Watch this, though. When we have negative thoughts, when our thoughts become negative, watch this. When the helmet of salvation, when the helmet that is supposed to protect us, when we don't have it on or when we somehow formulate negative thoughts in our mind, watch this. We are able to do what? Speak the word of God. And the speaking of the word of God then changes our thought process. It then changes the atmosphere that we're in. Because you can be thinking negatively like, man, nobody loves me, nobody wants me. Oh, man, this is such a, man, I can't believe life is this way. But when you begin to speak the word and you begin to say, I am love. For God so loved the world. Who's the world? Me. That he gave his only begotten son that I will not perish. So he does love me. He does want me. And when you get, begin to speak those things into the atmosphere, it changes the atmosphere around you. Therefore, changing your thoughts. So that's why the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, they both come in together. Because you need both of them to defeat the thoughts that come to attack your mind. Mm. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 says, We destroy arguments. And every lofty opinion raised against 
the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, Paul is writing to the church of Corinth here, and as he's writing to the church, he's writing to them because there's a lot of false doctrines that were trying to come into the church at this time. And when he uses the word we, everybody say we. He's talking about the apostles. He's saying we will cast down, we will destroy every argument that is against the thoughts of God, that is against the will of God. There was a false doctrine that was trying to come into the church, several of them that were trying to be preached, and several false apostles that were trying to come in and tell the, tell the church of the living God. They were trying to say, hey, this is the doctrine that you should be preaching. But Paul writes and he says, we, meaning the apostles, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will cast down, we will take every thought, everything, every imagination, every argument, we will take it under captivity to the power of Jesus Christ. And so we, because we have the same power, everybody say power, we have the same power that they have, we have the ability to take every thought captive that is not of God and put it into the obedience of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? We use the helmet of salvation. How do we do that? We speak the word of God. When Jesus was being tempted, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. But the word of God says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He defeated the enemy by speaking the word of God. If there's one thing that the enemy wants to do, he wants to stop you from speaking the audible word of God. Because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't come just randomly come into your spirit. It's a supernatural byproduct of the word of God that's in your life. So when you speak the word of God and you hear the word of God and you say things like greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, you begin to increase your faith. Why? Because you're speaking the word of God audibly. There is no doubt in my mind that the enemy does not want you to hear the word of God tonight or on Sunday or the next Wednesday or the following Sunday. He does not want you to hear the word. Because he knows that once you hear the word of God, there is no way that you can just sit there and be like, meh. Uh-uh. You're going to be like, man, I feel encouraged. I feel good. I feel ready to overcome my week. I know I'm going to make it. I'm going to be all right. Come on, somebody. That is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to stop you from that. But I thank God that we make an effort to come to the house of God to hear the audible word of God preached and rightly divided, rightly dissected the way it should be as our pastor does. And he preaches it to us and it corrects us. It lifts us up. It turns us around. But most of all, it increases our faith to a level where we walk out of this place saying, I am victorious. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Greater is he that is in me. Ah. Sorry, I'm trying not to get too preachy. Sorry. What's going? But that's how we take these thoughts captive. We take them captive in moments like this. When you're at your home and, and, and you're by yourself and there's nobody around, don't be afraid to speak the word of God. Pa Pastor was talking about promises in the book of Psalms. Don't be afraid to get out your Bible and read the book of Psalms. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to walk to the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. But in all, oh, I don't even, oh, let me just go there real quick. We might as well. In order for there to be a shadow, there has to be a light. 
So when, you're, when you say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that means that you are the light in the darkness that's causing the shadow. I will fear no evil because thou art with me. You've got light in you. You've got power in you. So you speak the audible word of God so that your faith would be increased. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's not always easy. Amen? It's not always easy. Sometimes it's much easier to put on those songs that kind of make you feel good. All right, I'm not going to go there. Let's, let's keep going. All right. How do you maintain good mental health? I'm going to give you five things. Is that all right tonight? Number one, you have to choose it. The frustrating thing about choice is that many things in life we don't have to... We don't actually have the choice about. For example, you don't have the choice of what family you're born into. You don't have the choice of uh, what color of skin you have. You don't have the choice of whether you're born rich or poor. You don't, I didn't have the choice whether my parents became pastors or not. We were born into the pastorship. Pastor, we didn't even get a say. Like, shh, we didn't have a choice. Like, you're going to come to church. I don't want to. Well, I'm the pastor, so you better come. All right, shh. Fine, fine. Right? We grew up under the benches where we used to play under the benches, fall asleep because we had four-hour service. We didn't have a choice. <laughs> My kids don't have a choice. They're coming to church. I'm like, you're going to get saved, huh? You don't have a choice. There's some things in life that you don't have a choice in, but there are things that you do have a choice in. For example, you have a choice in how you respond. You have a choice in whether you're positive or whether you're negative. You have a choice in whether you accept responsibility or you don't accept that responsibility. You have the choice to do those things. Watch this. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. Watch this. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Watch this. Therefore, you shall choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. In other words, you have the power to choose life and death. I have the power to choose whether I'm going to have a good attitude or a bad attitude. Let me tell you something. I went through some things in my life. If I even begin to tell you, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you've gone through that. Oh yeah, I've been, I, I, I like to say it like this. I've been to hell and back. But even when I was in hell, I had to learn how to choose to be positive. And I had to learn how to tell myself, I might not like where I'm at, but I like who I'm becoming. I love who I'm becoming and I love where I'm going. And if you start to speak things like that over your life, you will have good mental health. Because we can't always choose the things that happen to us, but we can choose how we respond and how we are going to act. That's the choice you have. I choose life. How many choose life tonight? So number one, you must choose it. Number two, you must put what you cannot control into the hands of God. You must put the things in life that you cannot control into the hands of God. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Living a life with a transformed and renewed mind allows us to discern what the will of God is for our life and what's not for the will of God for our life. In fact, we are able to put things that we cannot control into the hands of God. 
When there's things that are out of your control, you have to put those things in the hands of God. If not, you will go crazy overthinking every detail about what you cannot control. I guarantee it. You will go crazy, especially in relationships. When you can't control what the other person is doing, where they're going, who they're seeing, who they're hanging out with, you're going to go crazy thinking about where they're at, why they're there, how long they've been there. I wonder who they're with. I wonder if they're with this person. Ooh, y'all don't want to hear me tonight. You will go crazy. But when you say, you know what, God, I can't control what anybody else does. So I'm putting this person, I'm putting this relationship, I'm putting this issue, I'm putting it into your hands. It belongs to you. Now I'm going to control what I can control. I can control my tongue. I can control my finances. I can control my health. Come on, somebody. I can control all these things, so I'm going to control those things. I can control whether I go to church or not, so I'm going to go to church. I can control whether, you get what I'm saying tonight. Some things you can't control, you give them to God. Number three, all right, this one's a good one. Don't get mad at me, but here it comes. Stop comparing. Stop comparing. Comparison, watch this, I'm going to give you something here. Entertainment is the enemy's substitute for joy. People go out, be entertained. They're just being entertained, but they're not joyful. But comparison is the killer of your joy. And when you compare one thing to another person, when you say, man, I wish I had a car like that, you're literally telling God, I hate what you gave me. I want what they have. So don't compare. Stop comparing. In fact, watch this. Look at what the Bible says. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true. Oh, so good. Whatsoever is honorable. Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. In other words, don't focus on what you don't have. Don't focus even on the material things and comparing those things that you don't have. Oh, man, I don't have this, and they do. Oh, I don't have this, and they do. It's just going to rob you of your joy. Man, if you got to get off of Facebook, Facebook and Instagram are the fakest place in the world. Now, don't get mad at me. I like Facebook. I like selfies. But they are the fakest, most non-real places in the world. Everything is Photoshopped. Oh, if I just had that body. Oh, if I just had that wife. Y'all looking at me like, oh, oh, if I just had that car. That's not even real. Ain't nobody showing all the struggle that they had to get there, number one. Number two, ain't, no show, ain't nobody showing all the struggle and dysfunction they have in their life. Because nobody wants to show that, right? Nobody wants to show dysfunction and struggle and ugly things. No, they just want to show the good parts and the happy parts. And, ooh, look at me, and I'm all good. But let me tell you, that's the fakest place. So if you've got to get off of Facebook to stop comparing, then get off of Facebook. If Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, they're robbing your joy because your life don't look as good as everybody else's. Honey, let me tell you, if you saved, you sanctified, and you on your way to heaven, you've got everything that you need. So stop comparing because you will lose your mind. I got two more. Here we go. Number four, praise. Everybody say praise. 
Praise allows us to keep our focus on God and not the problem. When you magnify your problem, you're magnifying or praising your problem. You're making it bigger. Let me, let me say it like this. God doesn't need us to praise him so he can be bigger. He's already big and God all by himself. In fact, he doesn't even need our praises. He has angels to praise him. Y'all looking at me like, oh, he doesn't need my praise? No, he don't need your praise. But, but listen, listen to this. Your praise magnifies God in your life. In other words, when you're in a place, when you can't, and I don't want to get stuck on praise, but that's my thing. When, 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 you, when you're in a place when life seems so dark and so ugly and you can't see anything, just like right now, I can't see anything with these lights. If I just praise God, ah, it changes my focus to him from my problem. And when my focus gets on him, everything in my life begins to change and transform. Because when he is magnified, he will handle the problem because he fights our battles for us. Ah. So when we praise God, when we come into a setting like this and we say, you know what, God, I know you don't need my praise, but I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to lift you up anyway. I'm going to give you glory. God, you are awesome. You are amazing. You are my healer. You are my provider. You are my protector. You are the ram in the bush, the rose of Sharon, the lily in the valley. You are Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. When you begin to speak to God like that, he begins to say, huh, who's worshiping me? Who's, who's, who's looking for me? Because I've got a blessing for them. I've got something for their life. That's the God that we serve. He's so good. So praise, how to keep a healthy mind. Number one, you got to choose it. Number two, you got to put the things that you cannot control into God's hands. Number three, stop comparing. Number four, praise. And number five, as we get to ready to wrap up, you have to stop being the victim. Mm. Proverbs 23, 7, this is not up there, but for as he thinketh within himself, so is he. The mind picture that you have of yourself, that is what you will ultimately become. That's who you ultimately are. But my God, if you would see yourself the way God sees you. Like just when he told the prophet, <laughs> when he says, hey, you're a mighty man of valor. And the prophet was hiding. He was hiding underground, sifting the wheat, trying to sift it underground. And he says, hey, you're a mighty man of valor. He says, I'm over here hiding from my enemies. How can I be mighty? It's because he didn't see himself the way God saw him. Some of y'all need, need to see yourselves the way God sees you. If you could see that version of yourself. Ugh. Don't be the victim. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control, of self-discipline. In Spanish it says, dominio propio, which means self-dominion. In other words, you can dominate your own self. Any spirit, listen to this, any spirit that brings fear, anxiety, low self-esteem, they are not from God. Any person that brings fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, they are not from God. Mm. Because God gave us a spirit of power. Everybody say power. Of love and a sound mind. That means I can think right. I can think good. 
That means even when all life is against me and everything is up in flames, I know that I'm going to be all right because God is with me. And don't, don't let me fool you. Life gets crazy. How many know life gets crazy sometimes? Life gets out of hand. Life, you're like, man, how did I even end up in this dark hole? How did I end up in this storm? How am I even here right now? Don't you worry. Everything is going to be all right. I didn't say it. Pastor didn't say it. The good book said it. And if it says it in his word, then it's true tonight. So I encourage you, family, these things, that tonight you say, hey, I'm going to have good mental health. I'm going to overcome these problems, these anxieties that I'm having. Because I know that they're not of God. And these are not things that God gives to you. God doesn't give anybody fear. doesn't give anybody anxiety. We allow those things to come in sometimes. But that's why we're going to put on the helmet of salvation. That's why we're going to put on these things like the sword of the spirit and say, hey, uh -uh. next time it gets hard, I'm going to speak the word. Would you stand to your feet tonight? And I can see the time. It says 8.01, so I'm going to let you go tonight. I hope you enjoyed the word. Did you enjoy the word tonight? Hey, remember to sign up for the marriage conference if you haven't already. Listen, if you're struggling with, with mental health, and, and I'm not saying that you have a mental illness, but you've been saying, Pastor, something has been attacking my mind lately. I've been forming these thoughts, and they are negative. They're not good. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? That's all right. And if you see someone with their hands raised, would you just go put your hand on them? Would you go put your hand on them? Just, just, just surround them with love. Just say, hey, man, your church family, we got you tonight. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You're not alone in this battle. We got you. You got a pastor that preaches to you the truth every Sunday. You got a church family that loves you. Come on, would you close your eyes? And would you lift them up in prayer? Father, we thank you for the speaking of your word. We thank you for the faith of your people tonight. Father, we know that you are faithful to do what only you can do. You are faithful to your word tonight, oh God. And we know that your spirit is moving even in this house right now, even in this moment. That you are setting people free, God. That you are empowering them to live out their calling and their purpose. And that you are empowering them, Lord, to take every negative thought, to take it captive. And to put it under subjection to you, Father. We know that you're doing that even right now. God, as we go on through this week, the rest of this week, God, we ask that you would be with us, Lord. And that you would continue to remind us of those things that we need to put in obedience to your word and to your kingdom, God. We thank you for your wonderful people that are here. We thank you for the worship that was here tonight. We do all these things in the powerful and awesome name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, church family, we're going to let you know. Go. God bless you. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.